Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays. Sitting across from me, as always, is Jay Jones. And we are here for Free for All Friday. Free for All Friday. Once again, we're back. Sorry we missed it. Text-driven yeah, Tuesday. Missed text-driven Tuesday. <clears throat> yep. Someone was sick. Yeah, I was sick this time. Yep. Negative COVID test every time, though. Don't know what it was. Those are 100%, though, every time. 100%. They work 100% of the time. Yeah. Every time. It's like, uh, what's his name on? Anchorman. Yeah. 60% of the time it works every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, that's probably more accurate. That's probably pretty accurate for the COVID test, right? Yep. So we're back, Free For All Friday. On this blustery <laughs> yeah. day, woke up today, George, and I, I thought, did my house get transported to like the North Pole? It's like it's like the North Pole movie. You know how they have like the audio clips they'll that make like the visuals sound better. Mm-hmm. So you have like the uh, you know the stereotypical wind blows through and like the it like sweeps up the snow into those little curl wisps. Yeah. That's what it sounded like at my house. The wind was just howling outside. Yeah. And it sounded like winter, like a winter movie sound clip. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. No snow though. No. It so is cold though. It was it was like tornado warning thunderstorms. <laughs> so this is how this is how it goes. People that live here that they know this is this is everyday thing. It's like seventy degrees. We go to bed. It's like tornado warning in the middle of the night. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll probably sleep okay. Comes in, wake up. It's like freezing snowy. Yeah. That's today. Yep. You could probably hear it. Oh. I wonder if that the wind is coming through the audio. I don't hear it in my headphones. I hear it. But I don't know if I hear it in my headphones. Yeah, it's. But if you hear any uh, any background noise, it's it's that wind. It is. Yeah. So well, you're uh, you're sitting here with uh, quite the drink. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in and had to do a double take. <laughs> oh man! You gotta you gotta bring that over next to you so that people can see it. So yesterday, Drake. Uh, after practice, I'm like, hey, Drake, grab some candles for your mom's birthday cake. Okay. Goes, I need you to pick some up. Also, I want a Mountain Dew Spark. It's a new Mountain Dew drink. Okay. Have you seen it? I haven't. He's like, they don't have they don't have Mountain Dew Spark. I'm like, all right, just grab me a Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Mission accomplished. That's what happens I guess. when you, I guess when you ask a high school student this, to pick you up a soda, they're going <laughs> to... I didn't even did know they, they made... Did they not light. have any two liters for him to <laughs> I know. What is grab? this? Where, where do you find a one liter of Mountain Dew? <laughs> uh, that's so, handy. You can yeah. just carry that everywhere. <laughs> that's right. So it made it on the podcast today. Mountain Dew. Very nice. Okay. Mm. Well, that's going to get you going. Mm-hmm. I see you don't have any. You don't have any coffee. No, I thought. Here today. <laughs> I thought I won't drink a cup of cup of coffee today because I'm going to drink a one liter. Of okay. 
Uh, All right. Well, we've got uh, we've got several things to talk about today. I wanted to start with uh, old Timothy Keller. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. So last last Friday, Why we, not? last Friday we talked about uh, we talked about Timothy Keller's tweet. Timothy, I like how you call him Timothy. Timothy. Well, it's, that's it's his like, Twitter handle. It's it's, it's like uh, that's his Twitter. I'm just, looking. I'm looking at his Twitter handle. It's uh, he he pops up as Timothy Keller. We go back. It's, so it's I Tim call Keller him. I just call NYC. him Tim. Yeah, you know. you're on first name basis yeah. with him. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Tim Keller. Uh, we we were talking last week about him um, uh, holding up the Stephen Colbert. Uh, yeah. uh, clip yeah. as uh, this brilliant way uh-huh. of of uh, engaging with the culture in a way that they can handle, right? And so we we spent some time talking about that. I, he he was defending it, of course. Um, and but I mean, it's been a week. I mean, a lot of things happen in a week. Did he on listen to our media. podcast? <laughs> I doubt it, uh, man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> saw this morning that he's still tweeting about it. <laughs> He's still talking about it, and he's still defending it. So I found this tweet. Uh, we can pull it up on the on the screen. He's uh, responding to another uh, another site that we really appreciate, the Gospel Coalition. Uh-huh. I didn't read this article. It's it's about things that you need to know about Gen Z. Okay. Um, and uh, he says, "A, we have to assume many we talk to do not start with the assumption that there is a God." I agree with that. We talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. We we have to we have to assume that in our culture, not everyone is. It it's not a Christian culture. We can't simply right. speak Christianese. B. This is why we need quote unquote pre evangelism today. Mm. I I assume that by pre evangelism he means we have to define our terms. We have to sure. we have to talk about some of the background stuff that uh-huh. we we can't simply assume. Um, you know, a, a Christian understanding. Sure. Even when we talk about God, we mm-hmm. have to define what that means. C. And here's where his. Here's where. Here's where I'm going to have to. I'm going to stop you right here, Tim. <laughs> C. This is also why many American Christians did not understand why I thought Stephen Colbert's statement was an example of good pre-evangelism. <laughs> <laughs> like I said. It- if you just in your mind pretend that it's Obi Wan Kenobi talking to young Anakin, yeah, then you'll understand why that is total garbage mm-hmm. because it could literally be in the Star Wars movie, right? Fear or Yoda, fear, fear. All it's right, power, so you know? so if his pre-evangelism, so I'm I'm assuming what he's talking about with pre-evangelism, I. I'm not exactly sure how he defines pre-evangelism himself. So I would I would define pre-evangelism as defining terms and um, getting rid of some of those assumptions and just kind of setting. All right, sure. my so if I was talking to someone, I would have to say, you know, my 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 groundwork, my my foundation is I believe the Bible is true. Yeah. So before I start using the Bible, I have to I have to I have to let them know. I believe that that what it says is true. That it's it's actually God revealing Himself, and so what it says is God speaking. What what do you think about pre-evangelism? Uh, I think uh, maybe pre-evangelism. It just depends on who you're talking to, right? So, right. like, if you're talking to a Hindu, mm-hmm. you're going to need to establish, hey, you have a pantheon 
of thousands of gods. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you on behalf of the one God, right? The one true God, uh-huh. right? And the Creator. The the two ways to live track that we have here at the church mm-hmm. that we give out um, is a good example of kind of pre evangelism because it starts with God, yeah. and it it starts with God as the Creator, and. Yeah. Uh, it begins with really it begins with revelation that God worthy are you or or Lord to receive worth uh, to receive glory honor and praise mm-hmm. for you created all things and yeah. by your will they exist yeah. starts there so you start with this is God's world right right he created everything he created you yeah um, that's that's pre-evangelism right <laughs> which and is then, which is interesting when you go back and listen to that that Colbert clip who does he never mention? God or Jesus? He doesn't mention God at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all about how laughter, how you can laugh in the face of death. It helps you overcome. Yeah, death. Uh, I, it, this is not pre-evangelism. It's you wouldn't you wouldn't call it Christian. I, I wouldn't even call it religion. I'd just call it spiritualism. I wonder if he, it, you know, that line at, from Gladiator: "Death smiles at us all. All uh-huh. we can do is smile back." Is that is that pre-evangelism? I guess so. Yeah, right I, before you go up in the arena and. Fight the emperor. Yep. So he's still he's still defending his his tweet and saying that <clears throat> Stephen Colbert was doing a good. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. The best. It's so, it's so brilliant that that uh, you know little peons like us, right. we, we can't even understand what's going. On. We can't even grasp it. It's so brilliant. I. It's discouraging because he supposedly comes from the Reformed tradition, so he's supposed to have a, a high view of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The best form of pre-evangelism you could ever do is to use the law. Mm. That you can't, it can't. This is it's God's word. Yeah, it can't be beat. It's God's law is directly tied to the the human conscience. Yeah. So when you bring the law, <clears throat> the conscience is pierced, pricked, mm. and even a skeptic or an atheist grapples. This is like their. This is like their. Achilles heel, right? It's why they have they spend so much time and effort trying to come up with another another way to understand objective uh, morality because it seems to be something that's undeniable. Yeah. Uh, that there is such a thing as objective morality. And so where does that come from? And so if you you start with the law and yeah. you start with you have done these things, right? And why was your conscience violated by it, right? Like you right. you have some type of Guilt that like that's pre-evangelism. Well, you know, Colbert was talking a lot about death, mm-hmm. and if he had wanted to do pre-evangelism, he could have just asked why. Why is there death? Sure. I mean, he was he was just treating it like death is a natural thing, mm-hmm. and we're you know we're all going to die, and so we can in the face of that we can use comedy to uh, lessen the blow. But you've got to step step. One, you know, take one step back and say, why, why do we die? Right. Why do we die? Death is not, it's not a natural thing that was built into God's good creation. It's a consequence of the fall. Right. And so, like you said, we, we talk about the law. We die because we, we've broken God's moral law. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that would have been a good segue into um, one day there won't be any death. Yeah, because someone has conquered death, and it's not me because I'm laughing at death. It's it's Jesus right. because he's obeyed the law. Uh huh. Right. So, and then you just 
I think I, I think I would want to try to ask if I got to sit down with Keller. Um, pre-evangelism to what? Because Colbert's a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there's there's what's still the, that there's the still pre- that problem. What's there's the pre-evangelism too? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, there's still that there's still that problem. Does he think that um, we're partners with Rome? Right. Like he's coming. He's coming from a reformed background. What does he think about the Catholic church? Yeah. Does he think that Catholics do good evangelism? Right. Yeah. Lots of continued problems, Uh, right? Continued problems. Speaking Uh, of, uh, should we, should we use this to segue over to the, uh, baptism? Well, Yes, or let's go else, ahead. Let's else, go ahead. Let's go ahead. Well, I had something else, but no, that's a good that's a good segue. We can talk about that. We can uh, you know, we can do a press secretary and circle back. Oh man. <laughs> circle back. And if we never get if we never get back to it, well that's that's what the press secretary does also. So, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about it. <clears throat> All right. So I sent you an article earlier this week, George. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is just perfect free-for-all Friday material. And um, let's see if I can pull up the title. Uh, okay, this, I've, this I've, article. I've, I'll, uh, Catholic I'll pull it up priest here incorrectly performs thousands of baptisms by changing a word, making them invalid. Thousands of baptisms, George. This Diocese of Phoenix, Arizona. Yep. It says, all of the baptisms that were performed by this priest until June 17th. (laughs) So how long has he been doing this? I don't know. He must have been at it a good while. I mean, he's talking a couple thousand baptisms. Yeah. Well, let's let's stop for a second. All right. And put quotation marks around baptism. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, So the Catholic Church... This so part of it's part of their theology. It's it's linked to who the priest is. They believe like the priest stands in the place of Christ. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this this guy has served as a pastor, parochial administrator, parochial vicar, mm-hmm. and other religious titles in Arizona, California, and Brazil over the past twenty years. The Diocese of Phoenix said that because of his error, all of the baptisms he has performed until June 17, 2021 are presumed invalid. (laughs) 20 years, Jay. (laughs) 20 years. Somebody didn't pay attention in Catholic preschool. I guess not. Okay, let's let's talk about baptism, and let's talk about what he did (laughs) and why they're saying that these baptisms are invalid. Okay, so, you know, going back to the time of... um, Augustine, he's got some great theology that he put out. The Reformed tradition traces a lot of our stuff to his teaching, and he also has some really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of part of the good stuff is getting back to a a actual doctrine of total total depravity or total inability, uh, meaning that the sin of Adam is literally in every single person that has ever lived. Mm-hmm. It's it's passed down to us often called original sin. All right, I think this is correct. He was arguing against uh, Pelagius, and I believe August, Augustine was correct. Uh, Pelagius said, no, we're born morally neutral, capable of saving ourselves, 
of doing morally good works and saving ourselves. We there's there's no reason for uh, that we couldn't do that. And so, using the Bible, he correctly showed no, uh, we're born in sin. Okay. Now that kind of over time developed into this idea that babies needed to be baptized to have their original sin washed away mm-hmm. because of the high infant mortality rate. Right. So think about it at the time I mean you have a, a child there's a good there's a good possibility the child's not making it out of infancy going to die. So people started baptizing their children immediately because the Catholic Church linked that to uh complete remission of sin, and the impartation of the Holy Spirit by the Catholic priest. Right. So if even, you go to Catholic Doctrine page, are you on there? Well, I'm on this. I'm on the article, and, and even in the article it says um, that according to the Diocese of Phoenix, quote, baptism is a requirement for salvation. Yes. Yeah. So if you look up, if you go to anyone can go to the, Catholic, the Catholic's own website, and it mm-hmm. will tell you that at baptism, sins are removed, the Catholic... Uh, the priest is imparting the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which then makes one a child or, or a son or daughter of God. You're adopted into God's family at baptism. Receive and, the Holy Spirit. And original sin is, is removed. Is removed. It's the first step, right? right? And so later at confirmation, Catholic confirmation, they say you don't receive the Holy Spirit again. It's like we're just confirming okay, you went through all the Catholic classes and did all the stuff, mm-hmm. and you're getting like a amplification of the Holy Spirit's power yeah. at your uh, confirmation. But the first step is baptism. So, it's, it, so I mean, it's, it's, it's a big doctrine. So they, they believe in the, the treasury of merit uh-huh. that um, Christ, um, the the apostles, the saints, they have um, merited heaven through their their good works, and they they have extra. extra. Yeah. They have extra grace, extra merit, uh-huh. and that is stored in basically a bank, like mm-hmm. the, like heaven's bank, mm-hmm. and um, we can we can draw on that. Yeah. The, so baptism, quote unquote baptism, well, 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 is the, well, be- pe- is well, the beginning. Can't. The Pope the, can. The Church can. The Pope right. and then his right. priests can, right. can dish it out. So at baptism, original sin is removed, allowing you to start partaking of that grace. Yeah. Um, and then you 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 know, you go to uh, mass, mm-hmm. you go to confession, right, you do penance, yep, um, all these, you know, uh-huh. different sacraments and, and good works. Right. And that merit that's merit for you, but you also can the church can bestow yeah. extra merit upon you, and you you build up yeah. enough grace that you make it happen, <laughs> yeah. right? But even according to uh, Catholic doctrine, um, just assume that you're going to have to spend some time in purgatory. Oh yeah, that, that's unless just, you're unless you're a saint, yeah, unless you're a saint, you're going to have to spend some time in purgatory to um, work, you know, burn off some of the, yeah. the burn off that sin and merit heaven. Right, the sanctification process has to continue mm-hmm. in this made-up place called their Victoria. their their view of justification is different than the Protestant um, view because for Protestants justification is a one-time event, right? But for the Catholics, they they kind of meld 
justification and sanctification right. together, and, and so it's an ongoing justification. Right. So all of the baptisms that this guy did yeah. are invalid, meaning that all these people <clears throat> in the Catholic worldview, you know, which we believe is incorrect, didn't receive the Holy Spirit. And I told you, I was like, man, think about all these people. Any of them died in the Catholic Church world? Yeah. They're lost. They, they don't even go to purgatory. Right. They're gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're gone, gone. Baptism is a requirement for salvation. Yeah. All right, so what did he do? He messed up big time, George. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. It is really ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. They have... It's It's magic words. It's magic. It's magic. We've talked about Hocus Pocus and the the mass. Uh Well, here's here's what they have... This is what they're supposed to say. It's a magical incantation. Yes. When the priest baptizes someone he is supposed to say i baptize you in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit mm-hmm. what was father let's see andre uh arango i um, i haven't heard it pronounced so i'm just looking at it and trying to pronounce it uh phonetically what what was he's his, andre arango arango that's ironic <laughs> um what <laughs> What was his big? What was his big sin that he committed, Jay? That He's in, a big wrongo. Invalidates all of these baptisms. <laughs> so he switched. He simply switched the word "I" mm-hmm. with the word "we." Yes. He said, "We baptize you uh-huh. in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit." Yeah. Instead of "I." So they. So they. Uh, they. They put out a, a a statement. The issue with using "we." is that it is not the community that baptizes a person, rather it is Christ and him alone who presides at all of the sacraments, and so it is Christ Jesus who baptizes. Yeah. Um, and so since he said, we baptize instead of I baptize, thousands of baptisms over 20 years have now been invalidated. Yep. It's a big mess up. It is, yeah. That's uh, that's that's pretty big. Um, so, like you said, and and like they quote uh, the, this quote: "If baptism is a requirement for salvation, <laughs> they've got some they got some big problems, yeah. right?" Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, it they have a fact a fact page on the diocese. They created a fact page for people to ask questions about this because. If you're, you know, if you believe this, then you're uh, you're going to be pretty stressed right now. Uh, on the page, the diocese stated that if a baptism is invalid and you've received other sacraments, you may need to repeat some or all of them once your baptism is eventually valid. So you got to go get baptized again, and anything that you've done since, you know, your phony baptism, um, you're, you're probably going to have to do it again. But yeah. here, here's here's really here's what's really interesting. One of the questions was, if and if you've uh, if your baptism was invalid, how would it would it impact those married by the church? <laughs> so marriage is another sacrament right. of the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. If and and you have to be Catholic to get married in the Catholic Church. Right? You can get you can get special permission from the Pope. Like you can appeal to the Pope um, to to get married in the Catholic Church, even if you're not Catholic. But usually, you have to be marrying another Catholic. You have to be Catholic, right? And so you have to be baptized to be a yeah. know, be a good Catholic. So would marriage? Would your marriage be affected? 
The answer from the diocese, maybe. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is no single clear answer. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> so not only you, you might, <laughs> I mean, think of all the things that, that, that is uh, just, this is chaos. Right. right? Um, if you really believe this, that, that, this, that baptism um, carries this meaning, um, you may have been living in sin for <laughs> the past 20 right. years, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you, you may be going to hell. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's I guess talk about the uh, baptism for a second. We're not going to do a whole baptism episode because that would be huge. Mm-hmm. Talking about all the subtle distinctions between uh, those in the Reformed world, the Protestant world, but I think we can say one of the biggest differences that we would see is uh, we believe that Jesus delegated baptism to the church, so the ordinance doesn't belong to a priesthood. Right. Um, like uh, the ordinance, like so. For instance, at our church, baptism doesn't belong to the elders, mm-hmm. right? The we may do the interviews and the screening process and verify conversion, all that stuff. But um, there would actually be no reason <clears throat> at all that a father could not baptize his son in our church. He's the main disciple maker of that of that young man. Or young woman, or if there's no husband and it's like a single mom, there's no reason she couldn't baptize her daughter. Mm. Uh, because this, I mean, if you're just using the Bible, I think what you end up with is baptisms and ordinance of the church. And when the church together agrees to welcome in a member through baptism, it's the church, not this priestly class of elders doing it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I'll have to think through it a little bit more. Right. Um, in, because of the leadership of the church. Sure. Um, and what goes on at baptism. But I agree that it's not It's not uh-huh. something that is bound up in the elders. Sure. It's not something that we're conferring on somebody. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not saying your sins are remitted because I'm doing it. Right. Um, this is also important, I think, um, for uh, what we what we see, especially down here. Um, kids go to youth camp; they go to Falls Creek. It's called Falls Creek because there's a big creek that sure. runs through the camp. Yeah. And uh, what a lot of churches have been doing is that they, if someone makes a profession of faith at Falls Creek, they just baptize them there right. in the creek, um, and. It's just the youth group. Yeah, it's not the church. It's not the it's not the whole church. It's it's now you now you're separating uh, baptism from the church, and I think that it's important for us to remember that baptism is something that's been given to the church, and so it, it should be um, practiced within the church. Yeah, within yeah. the church. Now there's there are of course um, exceptions in the book of Acts. You've got Philip. Uh-huh. Baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch, right? Um, but those are the exception, not the norm. Right? It's the exception because he's the first. Uh-huh. He's the first Christian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going to Ethiopia, there there is no church for him to be right baptized into. Right. right? Um, and so you see these. We we can't take everything that's happening in Acts as this is the rule because you right. have to remember that this is the beginning of the church. Uh-huh. Um, and so. Um, the 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 baptism 
it should be done. There's there's no, you know, you could do it outside if you want to. You don't have to sure. do it inside a building. Uh-huh. But the church should be there bearing witness yeah. to it. The only other exception that I think for me, and I, I know some people don't agree with me on this, but I think this is allowable. Uh, be, if you're in like uh, dangerous situations, like you're deployed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me, if someone were to become a Christian and they literally are living in danger, I'm not like... Hey, just wait a year till you get home. Mm. You might not go home. Yeah. So, be baptized. I think in the community of believers that you have there, because mm. there's always a community of believers when you're deployed. Yeah. So, and there's a, usually a chaplain. Mm-hmm. So, be baptized. Yeah. You might you might not have another chance. Yeah. So uh, that would be the, another exception that I think. Okay. Is okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'd have a I don't think I'd have a problem with that. Yeah. Um. As long as it's communicated that you don't have to get baptized before you die. No, no. Uh, you know, in order to Yeah, but anything about go to heaven. when you're newly converted, like you want to obey. You want to obey. Yeah. Like, I, well, Jesus said to get baptized. Like, right. why? I don't want to wait a year. Yeah. You know, until I go home. No, no, I so, understand that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Baptism. And, and so, and then we'd also, we also do not believe that the baptism, that baptism imparts the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, they, they, I think, take this from John the Baptist on two occasions, uh, Luke, I think, is it Luke 2 or, or 4, and Matthew 3, I know it's in Matthew 3 because I got it here, where he says, uh, I baptize you uh, for repentance, but With one's water. coming uh-huh. after me who's mightier than I, right. sandals I'm not worthy to untie, He'll, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and with fire. Right. Interestingly enough, many in the charismatic world mess this verse up to take a Holy Spirit baptism, and they and they kind of like read backwards what happened at Acts at Pentecost mm-hmm. where the Holy Spirit came, yeah. the flame of fire, and they say Holy Spirit baptism as evidenced like at Pentecost with tongues is what he's talking about. It's not what he's talking about. Right. If you read in context, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire meaning the fire of judgment, because it says his winnowing fork is in hand, right? He's already sifting out those who are his, yeah. and the day is coming. Uh, you'll either be baptized by him through the Holy Spirit, or you'll be baptized by him in fire. Mm. I think that's clear. So that that's also an interesting thing that, that you can see that today how baptism gets confused, but Jesus does baptize with the Holy Spirit, we believe, Someone is converted; it's through the Holy Spirit's conversion power. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it the doctrine of regeneration. That when a person hears the gospel that's been preached through the church, and Jesus sends with the Father the Spirit, and the Spirit does—we'll talk about this in the conference coming up—but the Spirit does His work. He is part of the Trinity, and He has a particular role to play. And his role is regenerating, convicting of sin, regenerating, granting people the new birth. This is the baptism that Jesus gives of the Holy Spirit. Right. We go to the waters to sim- to show outwardly what has occurred already inwardly. So the waters of baptism for us picture an inward reality that's already taken place. Um, so the ba- the Holy Spirit isn't given in the waters of baptism. Here, when we baptize, we believe it is that this shows you what Jesus has already done to someone. Right. So there's um there's there's 
when it's talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's not the same thing as being baptized in water. Right. They're they are connected. Sure. But they're two they're two separate events. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can't we don't want to conflate them as if it's at baptism that you get the Holy Spirit. Right. And the reason sometimes I think they are conflated is because in the New Testament they're so closely linked together. Right. Someone believes the gospel, then they go down and get baptized. Right. Right. And often today they're put off maybe a little too long. There should be maybe a, a process where pastor asks someone about their conversion. Uh-huh. Do they understand the gospel? And then there's no reason to be like, hey, well, maybe in about a six months, yeah. we'll baptize you. And again, I think that that's going to vary on situation, location. Uh-huh. You know, um, what you see in the book of Acts is you've, you've got people that get baptized immediately. Uh-huh. Um, I, I can see um, a waiting period here in the West where everyone's, you know, everyone's quote unquote a Christian. Uh-huh. Um, people are just walking an aisle and saying a prayer and they're a Christian now. Um, in the book of Acts, you which get, is a form you, of magic <clears throat> words. That's, that's right. Yeah. It's, like the, it's like the Catholics do. Um, you it's know, like in, the, in the Protestant of, Protestant magic words. Right. In in Acts, you've got people when they get baptized, they're being associated with the church, and uh-huh. and so that's going to create a rift between, um, if they're Jewish, it's going to create a rift within the the community. Yeah. Uh, of uh, of Jews, if you're a Gentile, it's going to create a rift, um, seeing as Christianity is an illegal religion. So when you're when you are identifying as a Christian through baptism, in a, a place like that, in a situation like that, say you're in Iran or uh, you know a Muslim country, when you're baptized, we've talked about it before. That's that's oh, yeah. the moment. It's game right? on. That's, then. that's the moment of they're after you, right? Um, I could see like the person that's getting baptized immediately. They they probably mean it. Like right. they probably are are all in. If you're because I know that now my head is yeah my head is on the line right right um, but here in America right you can get baptized and never darken a church door ever again sure so yeah. I can see waiting but maybe not six months right right um, but going through a process of of uh, you know talking to the elders um, them observing your life. Um, you know, is there fruit of repentance, or are you just doing this because someone else did it first? Right, right. Um, so, different different situations, I think, uh-huh. call for different responses. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. When you when you were first starting out, George, when the fir- first few times you like you ever baptized someone, mm-hmm. did did you feel that pressure? Like, man, I, I hope I, I don't mess it up. Like, I, 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 I don't, what is the word? What are the words I'm supposed to say? I st- I still feel that way. <laughs> I still feel that way. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to mess up. Don't say the wrong words, George. You know. <laughs> It'd be a big mess. But I, I think, but I think it's you know, it's that just goes along with being up in front of people. Yeah. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to embarrass yourself <laughs> or embarrass others. So we do, we do by immersion. You know, mm, right. we, we plunge your whole body under the water. Yeah, I remember. So this was I hadn't been a pastor very long, and I baptized Brooke. And so I dunk her under there. You know, she's she's a light light girl, right? And so I plunge her, boom! But one of her one of her feet come up. It didn't go under. 
like so the rest of her was under, but her but her foot wasn't under. Pulled her up, went off, and I was thinking, oh man, oh man, was her baptism valid? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get her all the way under, George. Wasn't it's, she standing in the water already? So she well, she was, but when she went under, she her went foot under, came up, so uh, she wasn't all the yeah. way under. And so I was like, man, you know, this is kind of like an accidental form of what they did in Constantine's day when all of the all of the warriors would go down into the water yeah. in mass and they'd hold their sword hand up out because they're gonna do the killing with their sword hand. And they'd leave that part out and then they'd baptize before they die, they'd baptize their hand. So I guess, you know, Brooke Brooke's got the dangerous foot. <laughs> the foot. She the better foot. get that. She better get that taken care of. She's got at her, some point. She's got her karate foot that she can do her killing with. If she, you know, when if she ever goes and joins another church and they ask her about her being baptized, yeah. she she's going to need to be honest and say everything but my foot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Lord willing, we'll baptize Evangeline coming up and yeah. giving that girl's character and nature. I might have to hold her under there for a good while. Yeah. Well, you just <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure her whole body's under, and then we'll leave her there. Just make sure that the bubbles don't stop, and you're yeah. you're yeah. probably good. We'll pull her out the last second, right? <laughs> All right, George, what do you got? How now, are we man? even going to transition to this next thing? <laughs> I don't know. It's time to circle back. <laughs> no, not yet. We it's won't. Not, it's not time to circle, circle back. We yet. won't circle back yet. No, since we're talking about the church and and how that's, um. It's baptism has been given to the church. So the same same thing with the Lord's Supper. We've talked about the Lord's uh-huh. Supper on here and, and that we shouldn't be doing that just in your home, you know, sitting around with your family because it's not given to just, it's not given to individual believers. It's given to the church. Mm-hmm. And so we should take communion together as the church. Right. Um, and these, I, we've got to take the, we've got to take the ordinances you know, seriously, uh-huh. and not uh, not toy with them because these these are two two signs of a of a healthy church, right? Well, uh, talking about uh, talking about the church, we want to uh, travel down to Orlando. Oh, I forgot about this. <clears throat> oh my goodness! Want to want to take a little trip down to First Baptist Orlando? This is a church mm-hmm. that is in friendly cooperation with. The Southern Baptist Convention. <clears throat> Not only that, apparently, uh, like cooperating with NAM to yeah. plant, plant other churches uh-huh. like, like them, right. like how they believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this uh, this came out a couple of weeks ago. We were going to talk about it last Friday, but we just ran out of time. We got some time today, my friend. We can <laughs> we can talk about it a little bit. This is their associate pastor, Danny De Armas. Day Armas. Day Armas. What, what's the pastor's Arma, name? Uh, David Uth. Uth. U T H. David Uth. Mm. Yep. Heard him preach at uh, Southern's Chapel. Really? One time. I thought it was a good sermon. It was. Yeah, that was pretty good. Mm. Um, Last ten years have uh, kind of sifted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Been a sifting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no kidding. His winnowing fork is in hand. So I, she she can correct me later if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that my wife said that when they were down in Florida um, on vacation that they visited First Baptist Orlando, and she uh-huh. said it was like the biggest church she's ever seen. Like it's 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 massive. Wow. 
Um, so this is uh, this is a sermon that uh, the this associate pastor. I don't know exactly what their leadership structure is like. I know I know David Uth is the he's the the main guy, mm. um, but this says Pastor Danny Day Armas. Um, he preached a sermon called "We Are First Orlando." I'm going to play a, a couple of minutes of this clip. It's towards the end of the sermon. He he's been talking about what their church is like, and now he says there's there's someone from another country coming. I don't know if he's coming to speak to them or or. He, I'm not exactly sure what's going on here, but he said that he wanted to give this guy a picture, a good picture of the church before he got there. Like, who are they? So he wrote him an email just describing the church. And so I'm going to play the clip of him talking about what First Orlando consists of. Okay. All right. Let's see if this works. First time, first time having my iPad hooked up with sound. It looks so like if you, if you can't see, <clears throat> if you can't see because you're listening, he looks like you know how like St- Steve Jobs would have like a, the stage set up with the lights behind him, uh-huh. and then he would announce like the new iPhone. <laughs> He's not wearing a black turtleneck though. No, but that's kind of what we're looking like here. Okay. Well, right. He's an older guy. He's sitting on a stool in this clip, but he he was standing up uh, while he was preaching. All right, here we go. We are First Orlando. We are a diverse, welcoming, multicultural gathering of people. We have white, black, brown, yellow, Hispanic, Haitian, island, African, Brazilian, Middle Eastern, Indian, and every other blend and mix of people you can imagine. And yes, we even have Venezuelan people here who are just like you. He's from Venezuela. Our services are live translated by paid translators into Spanish and Portuguese. We offer listening devices for those wishing to hear their own, in their own language, and we distribute between 100 and 400 devices each service. We gather every week with people who are exploring and asking questions about Jesus, some who are just beginning to walk with Jesus. And we have many who have been following Jesus for decades, and they're growing and leading others to follow Jesus too. We have longtime members of 50-plus years greeting and welcoming new people who are walking in for the very first time. So far, so good, George. Mm -hmm. We have those who love traditional music and hymns and those who know only contemporary music. We have choir lovers and non-music lovers, a pipe organ and loud electric guitars. We have the 99-year-old World War II hero and the millennial immigrant who doesn't know anything about American history sitting on the same row and listening and learning about Jesus together. Okay. <clears throat> I, I, I stopped it there for a reason because yeah, yeah. all of that was good. Uh-huh. Like that's, that's good. For or- Orlando, that's... A, a church that big that's what they should look like right they should they should be multicultural i mean this is this is like the melting pot right uh-huh like people from all over the place yeah. so this is this is good people from is that is that where disney is disney mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah uh people from different generations you got the old and the young you've got you know um different musical preferences this this is good this is what this is what the church should look like um so no no uh, no critique yeah, yeah. here. Mm-hmm. 
Let me about to go off the let rails. Me press, let me press play here, Jay. <laughs> we have transgender, Hey-o. LGBTQ, <laughs> straight, single, married, divorced, and cohabitating people. These same people attend, listen, serve, grow, and give. Notice he said serve. We have Democrats, Republicans, independents, and non-registered people. We have documented and undocumented people. We have politically active and socially responsible people. We have pro-life and pro-choice and pro-war and pro-peace. We have support the blue and Black Lives Matter, sitting together and serving together. We have Trumpers and never-Trumpers. We have Biden supporters and Harris supporters. We have the ultra-wealthy and the indigent sitting together, singing together, and serving together. We have the social elite and the social outcast. We have the best-dressed and the barely-dressed. And in the midst of all of this, we have one of the most beautiful worship experiences you can possibly imagine. Because all of us gather around the good news of Jesus and the one who is changing us and the one who unifies us. And we celebrate how he has set us all free from our bondage to sin and given us eternal life. Jose, we are First Orlando. That guy's got like a pretty weak, quivery voice. All right. So, (laughs) it went off the rails pretty fast there. We are First Orlando. Like... (laughs) Good night. This is this dude. This <laughs> yeah, dude, goat boy over here. Is this guy the? Uh, this guy must be like the administrative pastor. I have no idea, no clue. That guy's too feminine to be a preacher in our town. <laughs> you gotta be a preacher in a military town. No way, dude. Stay in Orlando. You know what I'm saying? You feel me, Larry? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Larry knows. Larry knows what I'm putting out. All right. So the first, the first half of the description was, it was good. Um, that's what the sh- the church should strive to be. But then he starts talking about transgender and homosexuals. What and a mess, dude! There's pro-choice, and um, it's there's cohabitating people. It's and he he doesn't just say they're welcome. I think that we should be able to say you're welcome to come. Oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah. um, he's saying that they're no. all here and they're serving and they're giving and we're just all one big happy. We are first Orlando. <laughs> like this is right. what the church is. Um, and uh, yeah, he, you know, he ends with on top of all the you know, in spite of all this, we have the most beautiful worship service as we come before the throne and. And we worship Jesus, who's changing us, and he's he's united us. And it's like, right. okay, what what about <clears throat> what about those transgender and and homosexual and and cohabitating and right. pro choice? Like you've got pro choice people like serving in your church, and you're all just one big happy family, and everybody's united around the gospel. And like, what are you preaching here? Because how 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 are you having? Pro life and pro choice people sitting next to each other in the in the in the church service, hearing the message, and one of them doesn't say, "I'm not coming back." Well, that's because I can guarantee you that they do not preach verse by verse through books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's no question. Yeah. There's no question. He's 
that they've ever done that. Well, because they're going to run into passages. Well, I mean, they could they could be preaching uh, verse by verse through books of the Bible and come across things that talk about homosexuality and then say, "Explain well, it away." The Bible whispers about sexual sin, Jay. Well, what about just sexually immoral? Will not inherit the kingdom of God? It's, it's whispering, Jay. It's whispering. <laughs> like like that, that applies to the cohabitator too, right? It's, it's whis- sex- It's whispered. Sexually immoral. It's whispered. Immoral will not inherit the kingdom stop of God. Stop trying to make this... Try, stop, stop making a big deal out of things that the Bible whispers about, Jay. Yeah. As were some of you. Right. Yeah. Uh, as were some of you. Like, yeah. but you were washed. Mm-hmm. Right. By the Holy Spirit. Right. That's going to be a problem if you just preach that passage straight through. You'd think so. It's almost like, hey, if you fall into this category of the mass of humanity, yeah, everyone is a sinner. Everyone's got their own their own sin that will keep them. I mean, none of us would ever be in the kingdom. Right. But you were washed. Mm-hmm. Like there's a change. Yeah. You know that, and that's coming from First Corinthians, right. this church that is messed up. Mm-hmm. And this this is a church that has some serious issues um, from from the top down. <laughs> there there's problems. There's sin. I love how Paul begins First Corinthians because he he talks about them as saints. Yeah, he talks about them as holy ones. He holds out hope for them that that God is going to complete this work in you. Um, you're you're going to be fully sanctified uh-huh. on the day of Christ. And he's saying that to this. This really screwed up church. Unless the guy messed your baptism up. Unless, that's right. <laughs> you in trouble. Yeah, um, but in the in in the midst of this this book that's written to a messed up church that Paul is addressing as Christians, he doesn't let them stay right. in, in that messed up state. He he calls out their sin. I mean, he's systematically going through the problems, right. yeah. and he's saying you need to repent of these things. Uh-huh. Not this guy who says we've got all these things here and it's all good and it's we're all unified and and uh-huh. you know we've got the gospel. Yeah, it's it's almost like the Corinthian church in First Corinthians chapter five, where they are boasting over the fact that they have a man who has his father's wife. Right. It's right. That's exactly so it, right. It seems as if the church has become so hyper-grace <clears throat> that they're saying, look, we're we're so open and so accepting and we're we're so unified that this doesn't even cause a problem. Well they they've adopted this kind of missional strategy of um belong, believe, behave. Yeah. You've heard that before? Uh-huh. Belong, believe, behave. It came out of the missional movement, and you know, I don't necessarily disagree with this type of belong, believe, behave deal. That you know, I had, when I was in the army, I had a Bible study at my house, and we had—I mean, at one point, I'm not—I'm not exaggerating. There was an atheist, and there was a stripper, and then, of course, my peers were all living in sexual morality. They were mm-hmm. unmarried. Yeah. They all came, and they'd come. We'd have time together fellowship yeah and we would that we would do a bible study together because yeah. i was trying to get the gospel to them right did you give the stripper a chance to lead lead one of those yeah. bible studies yeah. jay yeah. no no <laughs> and uh but they but they never so that's the problem is though was when you make the church that yeah okay that that's i would hope people in our church would do that right. like if you're listening in our church you don't need our permission. Start Bible studies in your house. Invite everyone. Yeah. 
They don't need to get cleaned up and behave before they get involved in learning. And they don't have to get cleaned up to come to church. They well, don't, you know, that they, the church they don't. the church is open for unbelievers to come. Come and see. Come and see what we do. Yes. Um, listen, hear hear our songs, hear our prayers, hear the hear the preaching, hear the word of God, see see what this is all about. The problem is and last Sunday there's a, a video of David Uth. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to play it cuz it's a really short clip. He's talking about um a, a former member who'd been trained in the church, he's now like a church planner somewhere, and he's giving this this interview to, um, I want to say it's Relevant Magazine, which uh, should tell you something, but right. I, I don't, I'm not 100% on that. But he's giving an interview to a magazine, and he says, this guy who's been trained at First Orlando, he says there's two two things that a healthy church should have. Two things that a healthy church okay. should have heretics and the sexually immoral right before that they'd had a baptism service and david uth is talking about the the girl that had been baptized and he said that she had been a practicing homosexual and she had uh, up until then been working in the children's department with the right. special needs kids yeah, and so that's that's kind of what I'm saying is they've adopted that belong, yeah. mm-hmm. believe because their hope is okay. We'll get them involved in this community, this yeah. church. Mm-hmm. They'll be part of the church, right? Which is a problem, right? And then eventually they'll believe. Yeah. And then after they believe, then they'll then they'll start to become sanctified, and and they'll you know change their behavior. Right. The, what they're trying to correct is the idea that you hinted at that I think is also wrong. It's this idea. You need to behave, mm-hmm. and then you can believe. Right. Um, and then you'll belong. Yeah. Whereas the biblical formula is believe, mm-hmm. right? You, you don't need—you can't fix yourself. You're messed up. Right. Come in your messed up state to Christ. Believe. Mm-hmm. He'll change you. Right. And over a period, then you'll belong because we'll we'll take you even when you're all messed up. <laughs> right. Then over a period of time, Christ will conform you to Himself. Right. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, then you'll over time learn how to behave like a Christian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got we've got people at, at all different stages of the Christian walk at our church, um, and you know, even even the elders are messed up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're still sinners. Yeah. Um, but um, that's not a prerequisite for belonging. Right. Um, we're united around Christ, and we confess together as sinners, our only hope is Jesus. Right. We're trusting in the finished work of Christ on the cross for mm-hmm. our sins. Mm-hmm. And if you're trusting in Christ, you belong. Uh-huh. You belong uh, with, with us. Right. And we come alongside one another and help to encourage each other so that we, we grow. Right. Um, but like you said, it's it's believe, and then you belong, and in the and then it's a process of changing uh, the way that we live. Sure, but that comes through that comes through the work of the Holy Spirit sanctifying us. It comes through the work of um, being a part of a church where you are growing, you're being encouraged, you're being challenged, you're being held accountable, um, and then one day we will be glorified. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, part of and part of, you know, belonging to the church you you believe if there's real belief 
I think that's evidenced by, and it won't be perfectly done. You're not asking for people to become instantly perfect, perfect in their following of Jesus, but you're gonna see something change in a person, right? Yeah. Are they a hateful person before? Well, um, are they now not not hateful like they used to be? Like yeah. people don't turn that switch off, right? Um, you know, were they in you know stuck in some sin? Now they they claim they believe Jesus. Are they still happy to continue to live in that sin? Right. Uh, it might be evidence that they never have never come to know Christ. So, but the the formula is messed up at that church. It belong, believe, behave, and then it's also messed up if you have it behave, then you can believe. Mm-hmm. We don't want that either. Right. Come like you are. We don't care. Anyone, like you said, can come into our church. Yeah. Now we preach through the Bible, so you know if if God's word, it's offensive to people. Right. But sometimes that leads to their conversion, and it does. But um, anybody can come, and we'll invite anybody to believe the gospel right then. Mm-hmm. You don't. You know, it's like yeah, part of the gospel, right? Is you don't clean yourself <laughs> up. Yeah, they're um, you know, they're it's this is a reflection of their theology because they believe that if you come in and you belong to the church and you you're surrounded by people who are caring and they're gracious and they're you know they're 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 nice people and and you get to get involved with their lives, then you're gonna be like, oh, you know, they follow Jesus. I'm gonna follow Jesus, so I can be a nice person too, right? Instead of um, you have to be born again, right? You have to be born again. The the mm-hmm. the the um the message is the, 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 you... the tool of of that God uses the instrument that God uses to convert people is not a bunch of nice Christians, right? And they're they're saying, hey, come and serve in the children's department with me, and and you know try out you know, whether you like this or not, and, and you can join our church. Everybody likes a club, right? That's what you're making in the church, right? It's a club, yeah. Um, but the person has to be born again, and that's yeah. not something. Now, now God uses the church, but the church as I feel like communi- the, as as the messenger of the gospel. Uh, it's the power of the gospel that transforms people. Not, I feel like, not just the not just the um, the character the characteristics of people in the church. Yeah, I feel like they're treating them like like motorcycle gang prospects. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying like uh, like you're in, yeah, and we'll give you the prospect patch, <laughs> and you'll be around this community long enough, uh-huh. and then after a certain number, you know, right, you're you're in the community, but not really yet. We'll patch you in later. Mm. That's almost <laughs> that's like what they're doing. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so weird. Right. Yeah. Um. Whereas Christ calls you to to come and die, yeah. like that's. You come into the church. You ought to. You ought to be confronted with that idea. Who mm-hmm. you are as a person. If you came here and you know, and you're living in sin, yeah, Christ yeah. offers you a new life, but your old you dies. Yeah, and if they're saying that we've got transgender and homosexual and cohabitating and pro-choice people as members of our church. That's a that's a really serious problem, and it's it is heightened by the fact that they are partnering with the North American Mission Board to plant other churches like them. Right. That's a big problem. Yeah. SBC is an absolute train wreck, dude. Mm-hmm. Absolute train wreck. Yeah. It, more and more evidence just comes out. 
of this fact. Um, I don't know when people finally will say enough is enough. Um, day's coming eventually, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hats off to people that are sticking it out and fighting. We'll see what happens uh, in Anaheim in the summer. Uh, but yeah, it, it is. Of course, we could have we could be in the PCA and have someone like Tim Keller. Is this circling back? Do, uh, well, I've got another Tim Keller tweet if you want to look uh, at it. We're we're about we're about out of time, my friend. <laughs> we're out of time, and uh, I knew that I knew that uh, suggesting that there's some more Tim Keller that would that would shut it down for you. You mean Timothy? Timothy, Doctor <laughs> Doctor Timothy Dr. Keller. Timothy, yeah. Well, you know what, Tim 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 Keller is a person. You know, he's not just a guy on Twitter that we. We pull up his ridiculous tweets. Sometimes he he has a couple some good tweets, and I always remember that he's dying right now. Right, that's the thing to remember when you when we talk about Tim Keller. Um, uh, he's dying. I think he has pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. So you, you if you're listening, you'll want to remember to pray for him for that too. Um, I don't know, you know what what that must be like to know that eventually this thing is going to it's going to kill you, and your times your times up. Yeah. So just remember that too. Yeah. So you want to shut us down? Way to be a downer, Jay. Hey, I, you know, it can be easy, though, to, to, to treat them like these aren't real humans. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're right. As always, Jay, you're uh. right. <laughs> uh. Yep. All right. Well, Here we go. Here comes the music. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully today has been uh, beneficial for you and it's been um, helpful as we've been talking about these issues. We want to approach things from a biblical standpoint, a biblical worldview. We want to always come back to our foundation, which is the Word of God. We want to, uh, to conform our minds and our actions uh, to what God has said, not to what uh, the culture is saying, not to what our uh, feelings are saying, what uh, God is saying. And so hopefully that has helped you. And uh, we want this to cause you to, uh, to be more and more conformed to Christ. So that is our prayer, and we will see you next time.